It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Bell breaks a tackle. Bell trying to go all the way. Lavion Bell. Touchdown. Big return for Crowder. And he's going to go all the way. Touchdown. 85 yards. Looking downfield. Fires this one. And intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. This is day number 10 of New York Jets training camp. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined to recap all the festivities at Florham Park today by one of the great reporters on the New York Jets beat covering the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, first and most important question, were you able to lay off the cookies today after practice? Uh, I managed to keep it to one, so I limited the damage. I'll take it. Listen, baby steps, right? Yeah, the s'mores cookies over there are absolutely insanely good. So when I saw those, I knew one was going to happen, but I'm, I'm proud of myself for the moderation of it. <laughs> We're going to have to start getting them to put out healthy snacks, maybe some celery and rice cakes or something. Yeah, I, I don't think I would pick on those. I think I would still go for the cookies, but I, I went for a five-mile run before practice today, so I feel like the one cookie probably won't kill me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one guy who probably isn't laying off cookies, and that's Kelvin Beecham. He's a big man, but unfortunately had a bit of an injury scare the other day at practice, and he was not playing today. Any news on that? Yeah, so he sat out today. Gates uh, after practice, still sat. Uh, not a particularly big thing. Probably just going to be a few days for him. Uh, but still, you know, he's saying it's not, not a major injury, pretty minor thing. So uh, nothing to worry about at this point for the Jets. I know uh, at one point he was asked if it was a high ankle sprain. He said no. So another good sign there. High ankle sprains obviously can be uh, tricky and painful. So uh, just a little bumps and bruises. And, uh, you know, expect Beecham to be back, you know, sometime within, I would say, the next week or so. But... Uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see how he progresses over the next few days here. Another player who had a bit of an injury scare the other day was Tremaine Johnson, but he was back at practice and had himself a productive day. Yeah, uh, good day for Tremaine right off the bat uh, when the Jets got into their 7-on-7 seven seven period. A couple plays in, Tremaine absolutely climbed the ladder for one, uh, picked it off. He was covering Quincy and Uno down the right sideline. Sam Donald tried to throw a pass into first pretty good coverage, and Trumaine absolutely went up and got it. It was pretty, really impressive, probably the most impressive interception we've seen during camp so far this, uh, to this point. You know, obviously not a full team period, 7-on-7 seven seven rep, but still uh, a good sign for Trumaine, who uh, looks like he is feeling a little bit better after that groin injury issue yesterday. So, uh, nice moment for him. We've been talking about how Davis Webb is losing reps to Luke Falk in that battle for the number three quarterback spot. Today, I guess Davis Webb realized that the heat was on him because he started to play a lot better. Yeah, a couple of nice long passes by Webb as well, which I mean, I guess that's no surprise. Everyone knows he's got a strong cannon of an arm, but 
he found uh, Greg Dortch streaking down the left sideline at one point. He hit uh, Tim White for a 45-yard bomb touchdown down the right sideline at one point. Uh, and just overall looked pretty sharp working with the third team uh, offense against the third team defense there during the uh, Jets scrimmage. So solid day for Webb, uh, and you know he definitely needed it. He uh, has to step up and start really kind of taking control of things here if he's going to make this squad uh, and kind of beat Luke Falk out for that third quarterback spot because he has had a tough first couple weeks to practice or to training camp here. A few too many turnovers, fumbles, just too loose with the ball. But, uh, you know, hopefully for his sake, this is a nice turning point, kind of get things going back in the right direction. Since you brought him up, another big day for Tim White, and it really seems like he's trending towards making this team. He has played really, really well in training camp so far. Yeah, definitely, I would say, the breakout star of training camp to this point. He keeps popping up seemingly every day. Uh, the Jets, during their scrimmage, simulated a few punts uh, with Matt Dar and Locke Edwards each, uh, each kicking two punts and, uh, they had Dorch and Tim White fielding them. Uh, Dorch took the first two from Edwards and White took the second two from Dar. So uh, read into that what you will. The Jets have like six or seven guys that are in the mix for return jobs, but those were the two guys today that were back there, uh, you know, catching the punts. So maybe that means something, but White definitely doing a nice job as a receiver. Uh, Gabe mentioned the other day, I know, that you know, he's eager to see what White can do once he gets in a preseason game. Because obviously, right now, he's going against the same DBs day in, day out. He can kind of get to know their tendencies and how they're going to play him and take advantage of those things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see once White is facing some other guys, uh, you know, against the Giants this coming week and some of the other preseason opponents, how he adjusts and adapts in that setting. But Absolutely. Uh, you know, Tim White is probably your, your breakout practice star so far through camp. One thing I love hearing about White is that he's consistently the first guy to show up and the last guy to leave. When you're a fringe roster guy like he is, that's something you really need to do. And I got to be honest with you, I really admire the work ethic and the drive. He seems like a guy that's very easy to root for. Yeah, I haven't gotten the chance to talk to Tim yet. Hopefully I will at some point during this training camp, but you're right. I know he's been uh, busting it and stay, sticking around after practice, working on the jug machine and stuff like that. And uh, at the risk of giving someone else a plug, uh, Steve Serby had a really nice story for the Post the other day about White and his background and kind of the adversity that he's battled through his life to get to this point. So uh, hopefully my editor doesn't yell at me for this, but I, I would recommend reading Serby's story about that one. It, it was a nice story about White and uh some of the things that he's pushed through to get to this point. So uh, being first man in, last man out, uh, you know, is it, a small thing compared to some of the other stuff he has dealt with in the past. No spoilers on the story there. Steve Serby, if Matt gets in trouble with his editor, you better hook him up with a job at the New York Post. That's all I have to say right now. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Another guy who stepped it up just like Davis Webb because he was in trouble losing some snaps to Kyle Phillips the other day is Nathan Shepard had a really nice practice today, including stuffing Le'Veon Bell in his tracks. Yeah, solid practice for Shepard. He is a guy that has had a quiet camp to this point, but uh, starting to pop up a little bit. He's been bouncing around. kind of. Uh, Greg Williams has used his personnel in a lot of interesting, creative ways, so it's tough to kind of keep track of which guys are getting reps with which teams, but Shepard definitely not a, a fixture of the first team at this point. He's been back uh, bouncing around as a depth guy, but 
couple nice plays today, and uh, we'll see if that's uh, a turning point and if he can start to build some consistency off of that. Obviously, he struggled a bit as a rookie, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he comes along this camp and if he can start building on that. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's talk about Sam Darnold now because he's the straw that stirs the drink around here. So maybe we should have led with him, but I thought there were some more pressing matters in terms of injuries and guys fighting for their roster lives. However, Darnold, of course, the most important player on this team. And one thing that you love to see from a quarterback, especially one who's entering his second year, is his ability to connect with multiple different receivers. And he sure did a lot of that today. Yeah, Darnold was Spinning it today, he was spreading the ball around. Uh, you know, he hit Quincy Anunua, he hit Herndon, he hit Montgomery, he hit Crowder, he hit Robbie, he found Bell at one point. I mean, he was finding all sorts of different targets around the field, and he was dipping it, man. He, he's had a good few practices in a row, and I think that's probably the most encouraging sign if you're the Jets. Just seeing him build that consistency, he obviously shows signs of, uh, you know, excellence last season and being able to really pop up and do some special things. But the fact that he's doing it on a daily basis for a little stretch here now is uh, definitely encouraging. It's a good sign for the Jets. It's just practice, obviously, at this point, but you got to start somewhere. And Darnold is really stacking days at this point. He was uh, 12 of 14 in his two drives, led two touchdown drives, uh, 13 of 15 if you count a pass that got you know, waved out because it was flag on the play, but uh, he looked great. He was 6-6 six six on the first drive, uh, found Herndon for a 10-yard score. Uh, so all around, just a really terrific day for Sam Darnold, and that's a few in a row now, so definitely a good sign for the Jets. Sounds like he's well ahead of where he was at last year this time in training camp to the point where Chris Nimbley said in his 10 years of covering the New York Jets, this is the best he's ever seen any quarterback look at training camp. I know that you haven't covered the beat for that long, but you've obviously been watching football your whole life. Do you think that he's been that smooth that it would make sense that Nimbley would make a statement like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, especially in the last week, has really started to take some command of this offense. You'll still see blips here and there. There was some miscommunication the other day, I know, with uh, Herndon, and I believe it was Quincy as well, but those things are still going to happen, but 
for the most part, he looked really sharp. And I know uh, one or two of the other B reporters kind of jokes all the time that, you know, they're not used to seeing a good quarterback practice. They don't actually know what it's supposed to look like. So they've been impressed by Darnold as well, but they don't know if it's just, <laughs> let's be honest, Jets quarterbacks in recent years have not exactly set the bar super high or if this is what, you know, a great NFL quarterback looks like in practice. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so I'm eager to see what he looks like once the real games start. But, yeah, he obviously has looked really sharp in practice so far and definitely well ahead of where he was this time last year, uh, especially cutting down on the turnovers and the interceptions. He's doing a really good job of uh, checking the ball down when it needs to, you know, when he needs to just get rid of it and, you know, take his small completion, get a few yards and keep moving. So uh, all those little things are really adding up for Sam Donald and starting to show. One of Darnold's favorite targets last year was Christopher Herndon. You brought him up before when you talked about Darnold spreading the ball around. Herndon caught a touchdown today. Relatively quiet camp so far for Herndon, but it sounds like he started to pick things up today. Yeah, he was, I mean, he got wide open on that touchdown pass too, so nice job by him to shake loose and uh, provide a big target for Darnold. And yeah, you know, Herndon hasn't exactly been uh, super explosive through camp. He'll pop up with catches here and there. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he you know, hasn't been doing anything. But uh, I also think, for my purposes, selfishly, I've probably been paying more attention to some of the Jets' other tight ends, just knowing that uh, Herndon won't be around for the first four games of the season. So kind of keeping an eye on the other guys just to see who might be stepping up and filling that void early in the season. So perhaps I'm missing a few things on the Herndon front in that regard as well. But uh, definitely a good day for, for Herndon. And, uh, you know, I fully expect that he's going to have another solid year this year once he gets back in week six after that suspension and uh, kind of gets back into the fold. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. There have been certain players whose names you hear on an almost daily basis as standing out in training camp. One of those guys is Brian Poole, which is a very good sign because, quite frankly, the Jets' secondary is going to likely be one of its weak spots this year. So if Poole can play well, it will help out a lot. He stepped up again today in practice. Yeah, he did, and uh, I should throw this disclaimer out there. When the Jets scrimmaged today, uh, all of their reps for the starters team against backups so you know in other words the first team offense played against the second team defense and vice versa the, the starters on defense played against the backups on offense so uh you know Brian Poole picked off a pass from Trevor Simeon uh jumped a route from Deontay Burnett so you know not quite the same as picking off Darnold who's looking for Jameson Crowder but uh still an impressive play by Poole who uh, you know, read the play perfectly and got in there and made sure to, to break it up and, you know, came out, came up with the pick as well. But you're right. He, he's been showing up consistently. Him and Crowder during most of these practices are going toe to toe, really battling it out. Uh, pool's a, a physical corner. Uh, and I think he's doing, doing a pretty nice job so far in camp. Uh, Crowder gets his number every once in a while, but Poole kind of returns the favor with some nice plays on, of his own too. So, 
uh, you know, a good day by pool and uh, a continuation of kind of what we've been seeing over the last nine practices. Another day that ends in the letter Y and another day where Chandler Catazero struggles. This is becoming a really, really bad pattern. And I have to imagine that Joe Douglas, who just addressed the center position where he apparently wasn't super comfortable, is going to do something a kicker because this can't keep happening, right? Yeah, uh, Adam Geese threw Cat and Zero, uh, you know, a bone and kind of gave him a vote of confidence the other day when he was asked about all these misses during training camp, you know, saying he had a good spring and that the Jets are looking at things holistically, viewing the whole picture and that, you know, they still have confidence in, in him. But I mean, who boy, these nine practices for train in training camp have not been good for Cat and Zero. I mean, he uh, rang one off the right upright from 45 yards today. He missed a PAT after Donald led that first touchdown drive, and uh, that obviously didn't exactly draw a big round of applause from the crowd. You heard a few boos, and I uh, distinctly heard one guy screaming about Jason Myers. So uh, Catman is start- starting to hear it a little bit from the crowd. Uh, there were a couple of those uh, sarcastic Bronx cheers after he hit a 20-yard field goal at one point. So... T- tough day for him. One of two from uh, the, you know, one of two on field goals, missed the 45 yarder, hit the 20 yarder, like I just mentioned, and uh, one of two on PATs. So, uh, you know, things could be going better for Tatten Zero at this point, uh, to put it mildly. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Things were good for Trevor Simeon today, and by good, I mean he didn't get himself killed, which he probably would have if this was a real game, because it sounds like Bronson Kafusi almost knocked his head off. Yeah, he was flying in on the blind side, and Simeon, uh, I don't know if he would have gotten that ball off in time if it was a real game. Kafusi was closing quickly, let's put it that way. Uh, that's a guy, Kafusi, who has been kind of a, you know, an under the radar star of camp. Some of the, uh, other beat reporters are giving me a hard time because, uh, he's kind of been my hobby horse throughout camp. You know, I kind of keep pointing out when he is, uh, in there with the first team and making plays, but, uh, Greg Williams is rolling him in there pretty routinely, you know, with the starting defense. He was in there again when he made that play against Simeon and, uh, you know, he's in there when the Jets are showing a 4-3 look uh, with, you know, generally it's Leonard Williams and uh, Henry Anderson out there and, you know, Kafusi will line up at defensive end. And uh, he's been popping up with some nice plays, and this was just the latest example. But, yeah, Simeon uh, should be very glad that this wasn't live, this wasn't a preseason game, because I have a feeling that hit from behind would not have felt very good. Do you think that Kafusi has a legitimate shot to make the team? Yeah, I do. Uh, I absolutely do. He, I mean, this is a guy that was a former third-round pick three years ago. He's played in only six NFL games since then. He missed his whole rookie year with an injury, uh, played three games each of the last three years, 2017 with the Ravens, and then last year with the Jets. He was mostly on the practice squad but popped up a little bit late in the year. Uh, but he seems to be finding a home here on the Jets' defense, and 
Uh, I would be surprised, I think, at this point, you know, barring something changing and him kind of falling out of the rep share, I'd be surprised if he didn't make the roster. You know, what, how, what kind of role he actually takes once the defense is, you know, playing real regular season games remains to be seen. But uh, he certainly looks like a guy that Greg Williams thinks could at least be somewhat helpful to his defense. So, uh, yeah, I think Kafusi has a, a legitimate shot at this point for sure. Neville Hewitt, a violent, violent man, it sounds like. Yeah, he's uh, been chippy a couple times throughout this training camp, kind of jawing with players or you know getting in there with some hits. And uh, he was at it a bit again today. Uh, you know, the Jets probably uh, you know him lighting up some of their own players is probably not what they want because they don't mind some physicality. And Gase has made that known, but uh, you know the fire, the passion out of some deaf linebackers probably can't hurt. So. Uh, Neville Hewitt definitely kind of making a name for himself. He keeps popping out throughout this camp, and uh, that can't be a bad thing for the Jets, right? Never is. Anytime a guy shows that kind of fire, that's something you look for. Rex Ryan probably would have had him on the roster guaranteed already. He'd have him penciled in just for that. With Adam Gase, we'll see what happens, although I would imagine Greg Williams probably likes it a lot. The same way that he likes the performance of some of these rookies, including Blake Cashman, who's been getting a lot of looks with the first team. Talk to me about what you saw out of the rookie class today. Yeah, so Cashman, again, popping up for, uh, with some first-team reps. And I know I mentioned earlier, Greg Williams is kind of rolling a lot of different guys in with different units. So um, I try not to read too far into some of the, the reps that guys are getting, especially if they just pop up here and there. But at this point, it's more than a trend with Cashman. I mean, he gets on the field very consistently when you know, you're looking around the field and you see – Leonard Williams, and you see C.J. Mosley, and you see Henry Anderson, and you see Jamal Adams, and then you see Blake Cashman there. So, I mean, it's not like it's, uh, you know, half measures, and Greg Williams is rolling in five other guys with half of his starters and just experimenting. No, no, no. It's, you know, it's ten guys that you would very much expect to be Jeff starters, and then Cashman pops up for a few plays as well. So uh, he is certainly earning some reps with the starters. Uh, I think the Jets like what he's capable of in coverage as a linebacker, and that will probably be an area where he kind of carves out a niche for himself. Uh, so he is doing a nice job. I know uh, Trayvon Wesco, I believe, had a nice catch at one point in today's practice. He pops up now and again with some of those plays. Uh, hustle player, he's been lining up at fullback at points as well. That's kind of a role that he perfected when he was playing at West Virginia. So he uh, is kind of getting in on the action there as well. Uh, a lot of times with the second team, uh, but still making some nice plays, and that's good to see for sure. Uh, then you got Chuma Doga. He's filling in for Beecham right now. We mentioned off the top that Beecham's out injured. Uh, Doga is there lining up at left tackle and filling in on that uh, starting role. But he also today, and this was kind of impressive, he was playing first and third team reps in the middle of a, you know, a hot summer day so good for him he probably weighs five pounds less than he did at the start of practice but the Jets are not afraid to throw a bunch of reps on his plate and see how he does with them uh and let's see who else we got here uh Quinn Williams obviously pretty good day mostly with the second team uh popped up you know nothing crazy no huge plays but uh you know looked solid throughout uh he had a nice day the last few days popping up with some tackles for loss and sacks 
So he's uh, trending in the right direction, and I have a feeling we're going to get to Quinn and Williams again in a minute here, uh, just based off of his post-game press conference. <laughs> and uh, Ja'Kai White, yeah, good day for him, actually. He uh, has been quiet throughout this training camp for the most part, but uh, he popped up with a sack. He got to Davis Webb during some uh, third-team periods and uh, definitely got the sack on that one. So, you know, that's an encouraging sign for him as he continues to try to pick up this defense and embed himself into it. Uh, you know, it's not been the best camp for him, and I think he may be having a, a little bit of difficulty adjusting to the NFL level, but, uh, you know, starting to make some plays. I believe he had a half a sack the other day, if uh, memory serves correctly, and now uh, got to web for a sack today. So uh, seems to be trending up a little bit and uh, getting the hang of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, getting uh, kind of getting this defense nailed down and uh, making some progress in that regard. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's take a look into the locker room now, Matt. You guys got the opportunity to talk to a bunch of people, including the head coach and general manager and the Jets' latest recruit. That, of course, is Ryan Khalil. So before we get to the other players that you spoke to, let's start there. First of all, it looks like Gase is trying to grow some sort of beard that will make sure that he has beard supremacy in the locker room now that Ryan Khalil is here because that beard just keeps growing and growing and growing and now that Khalil is here, he's going to have to step up his beard game. So let's talk about those two guys and the competition that they're probably going to have, but more importantly, how they're going to work together to try and help this offensive line be a better unit than it was last year. Let's start with the coach. What did he have to say? Yeah, so uh, Gates obviously was asked a bit about Khalil again today, and I know I asked him at one point if he's kind of figured out, you know, now that Khalil is in Florham Park, he said that he's talked a little bit to Khalil. He talked to him when he first got there, and, uh, you know, a little bit, I think it was after practice. So, uh, you know, not a ton of conversation between the two yet, uh, in person at least. But uh, I asked if Gates had kind of figured out when Khalil will make it on the practice field and what his uh, practice schedule and workload is going to look like yet. And Gates said that that is kind of a task for him to figure out tomorrow. The Jets are off from practice on Sunday, so his plan is to sit down with Khalil tomorrow, kind of talk to him about what he used to do in Carolina and what's worked for him in the past, and then get together with some of his coaches and kind of figure out what the game plan is going to be going forward. So uh, not quite sure yet if Khalil will be on the field Monday or not and, you know, just how much he'll be on the practice field going forward. But uh, Gase has made it pretty clear that he's excited to get Khalil out there and that he thinks, uh, you know, he's going to be a pivotal piece in this offense, that he shouldn't have any trouble from a mental aspect, you know, picking up the offense. He's a, a sharp veteran. He's seen a lot of football. Gase does not seem concerned at all about him kind of picking up the playbook and, you know, meshing together with the rest of the offensive line and Sam Darnold. So uh, just a matter of getting them out there, getting them out there together now and, uh, you know, building that chemistry and kind of working Khalil into the fold slowly, but also making sure that he uh, doesn't get burnt out before week one or or throughout the season. And then I think the one other big thing that Gase had to uh, talk about with us was uh, Bilal Powell actually didn't take part in the scrimmage. Uh, he was asked just about that and, uh, you know, if Powell was okay, injured, what the deal was there. Gates said basically that they're just, uh, kind of being cautious with Powell, uh, and him taking, uh, you know, contact and getting tackled just because of the, uh, neck surgery that he went through this past, uh, you know, season and, you know, recovering from that. They're just kind of being careful, working him back in slowly. 
another quick thing that Geese talked about, uh, he said he was, he's been very impressed with, uh, Ryan Griffin, the, uh, tight end that the Jets signed just before training camp began. Uh, Griffin, obviously one of those guys that I was talking about earlier, uh, at the tight end group that I'm keeping an eye on just with Herndon going to be suspended for this first four games. He keeps popping up with, uh, some nice catches and Gase has been impressed by just how quickly Griffin grasped the offense and has, uh, you know, been handling everything and, you know, embedding himself in the system. And, uh, lastly, I think probably the last big note from Gates was, uh, just talking about the cornerback position and specifically Daryl Roberts and, uh, Gates, you know, has been impressed on that front as well. Said that Daryl Roberts to his eye has, uh, been progressing nicely over the last nine practices. And, uh, he thinks he's coming along and he's doing a good job just handling all the different things and different ways that Greg Williams uses his cornerbacks. Uh, and Gates kind of credits that to the fact that Roberts has played a, a, you know, a handful of different positions over his career, you know, popping up at safety from time to time, cornerback as well. So he thinks that versatility is uh, serving Roberts well at this point and uh, likes the way that he's handling the challenge of uh, becoming that number two starter on the outside at cornerback opposite Tremaine Johnson. Let's talk about the general manager, Joe Bam Bam Douglas. What did he have to say? And when will one of you guys inform him of the Bam Bam nickname? Uh, it probably won't be me. If you want that, you got, might have to go through, uh, you know, Dennis over at the AP there. Cause I know absolutely nothing about professional wrestling, but I think Dennis <laughs> might be more of a pro wrestling guy. So maybe you can convince him to, to go that route. But, uh, yeah, Douglas just, uh, you know, the, one of the big talking points about Ryan Khalil and this signing has been, uh, the impact on Sam Darnold and, uh, you know, so Doug, Douglas obviously was asked about that and just kind of glowed about the fact that Khalil is going to be a, a big presence, not just for Donald, but for all the young players on this team. Just Khalil as uh, a veteran and uh, such a, you know, acclaimed guy at that. Uh, Douglas is excited to get him into the locker room and just, you know, have the young guys be able to kind of see him as a leader by example and just take in all of the things that Khalil does and, you know, be able to absorb that and transfer it to their own games, their own preparation, their own off time, stuff like that. Um, you know, he was asked as well about the fact that the, the clock is kind of ticking on this whole experiment. Khalil, obviously, you know, I just mentioned the practice schedule for Khalil and Gase still having to figure that out. The Jets, I think, as of Saturday, are 36 days away from their week one uh, game against the Bills. So, obviously, that is not a ton of time for Khalil to, you know, A, get back into football shape, and B, learn the offense, and C, learn how to play with Sam Darnold. Uh, there's a lot on his plate right now, but uh, Douglas obviously gave him a vote of confidence and said that he fully believes that there's plenty of time for Khalil to handle all those things, and that a, a guy like him, a 12-year veteran, uh, you know, he fully expects that he should be able to, you know, rise to the occasion and handle that task just fine. Uh, and then, Kind of last thing, he was pressed a bit about Khalil's physical shape and, you know, how he knew and how he was able to trust that Khalil would get here to Florham Park and be in shape. And basically Douglas said that, you know, at some point you just got to take a guy's word for it uh, and believe that, you know, he's telling you the truth and that he is uh, in the physical condition that he, he says he is. And, uh, you know, Douglas has worked with uh with uh, Khalil's agent in the past, you know, he believes in, in what he's saying. He believes he's telling the truth. He took him as a word. And uh, when we got the chance to talk to Khalil and talk to him a little bit, it seems like all of that was pretty well 
justified and that Douglas was vindicated in that regard uh, because Khalil told us he is currently 297. He weighed in when he got to floor and park today for the physical, and that's right around his playing weight. He's played at 295 to 300 generally. Uh, he dropped down to 260 at one point in the offseason, you know, this winter when he retired, uh, lost a bunch of weight, but he's been working out since March. Uh, has more or less been following his usual off-season routine, aside from, you know, OTA practices and all of that good stuff. Um, and that helps get him back in shape, and he feels like he's in good physical condition coming into Florham Park. And that uh, that obviously is a good news for the Jets, and hopefully uh, it won't take him too long to get into, you know, full football playing shape as well. Khalil had a lot of stuff to say, and I was told he's quite the character. In fact, Tony Dunn from the C3 Panthers podcast is going to join me tomorrow to elaborate more on that so we can get a more full picture of what to expect from Ryan Khalil, not just as a player but also as a person, since obviously he watched every snap that Khalil played and followed his whole career down there in Carolina. But he had some funny stuff to say, including a shout-out to his buddy Nick Mangold and referencing Ric Flair, which you may or may not have understood because you said you don't know anything about professional wrestling. But I hope you know who Ric Flair is. Yeah, I do know who Ric Flair is. <laughs> I, like, more or less understood the reference, I guess. I don't know the specific thing he was talking about, but, like, I understood what he was saying at least, so there's that, I guess. But, yeah, he did talk about uh, Nick Mangold there, and it, it came in the broader context of uh, – you know, Khalil said that when he was kind of going through this process, deciding if he was going to play again, he reached out to a bunch of his former Panthers teammates and coaches and just kind of was getting their blessing, getting their input on the whole situation. And he said that he also considered reaching out to Nick Mangold, who he's known for a while now. And uh, for some reason, he felt the urge to get Mangold's blessing to play center for the Jets as well. But uh, I guess he decided not to do it because, uh, he was worried that there was a you know a one percent chance that Mangold might say no, you don't have my blessing, and he did, he was worried that that might happen and that it would all fall apart after that. So he didn't want to give Mangold the chance, uh, and instead he reached out to Nick after he had already made the decision to sign. So he has been in uh, in contact with Mangold for over the last few days here, and says Mangold's been nothing but good to him. But uh, yeah, definitely Khalil is a uh, interesting guy, definitely a talker. Basically, he was asked off the top, I believe, by Brian Costello over at the Post, basically just, you know, how did all of this come to fruition? And uh, from there, uh, Khalil talked for three or four minutes and just went through the whole process from there, uh, just kept going on and on, adding some details. So uh, not afraid to talk to you and, uh, you know, get in the, in the weeds a little bit. And uh, funny guy as well, I mean, he joked at one point about, hating Greg Williams and uh, saying, you know, that was in the broader context of joining the Jets as well, obviously, and just said, he's like, man, Greg Williams, I hate that guy. And just joked about how he's always hated playing against him, but he's always heard that guys that are, you know, are on his team love him. So uh, not afraid to mix it up, get in there and uh, tell some jokes and uh, good first showing for Khalil, uh, you know, even though it came at the podium and not on the field. And he seemed to indicate that Sam Darnold was a big part of the reason that he was interested in coming back to play for the Jets, right? Yeah, he had mentioned that, uh, you know, Joe Douglas was persuasive in, in getting him to uh, sign with the Jets. He was, uh, you know, not exactly, he, he wasn't, he, ha he had had the itch for a little while to play football, but 
hadn't fully decided if he wanted to or not when Douglas came knocking. And uh, he said that Douglas persuaded him, obviously, pretty well. And uh, then, you know, in the next breath, he said that Sam Darnold was a big reason that he's here. Uh, you know, they're both USC guys. So Khalil's been watching Darnold for a few years now. And I guess he's been impressed by what he saw. He uh, thought the chance to work with, you know, a young, talented 22-year-old and kind of help shepherd him at the early stages of his career was too good to pass up. And so uh, here he is, you know, in New Jersey, ready to, to work with Darnold and team up and see how he can bring the second-year quarterback along and, you know, add some protection and, you know, be his eyes and ears up front and help him with protections and all of the, the stuff that comes with the center's role. So, uh, Sam Darnold, obviously, and this is no surprise, Sam Darnold, you know, for a year plus now has been the Jets' biggest selling point, and it happened once again here in the negotiations with Khalil. Beyond Douglas, Khalil, and Gase, a couple of players that practiced today had some things to talk about afterwards. One of them is Quentin Williams, and I can't wait to hear you talk about this because this was something else. Also, Trayvon Wesco and Valentine Holmes. I want you to talk about what they had to say, too, but obviously let's start with Quentin Williams because he is hilarious, and sometimes he's hilarious by accident. This was one of those times. Yeah, uh, Quentin, sometimes I he feels like a kid, and I said this before we got on the air, but he feels like the kid who was like sent to Jets fantasy camp, except, you know, he's a 300 pound beast. He, he's just loving life all the time. And he's a, a funny, happy go lucky kid. But, uh, at one point when Khalil was on the podium, actually, uh, Quinnen was walking by and yelled something, but Khalil was talking and, you know, people started turning around and chuckling and it was tough to hear exactly what Williams said. So when he was up on the podium, someone asked him, what'd you say when Khalil was up here? And uh, he started saying, you know, I was just yelling, you're the GOAT. And, uh, you know, apparently Quinnen Williams, we all know, uh, he's mentioned before, he's a big Madden fan. Apparently Quinnen has uh, Ryan Khalil on his ultimate team as his center. So, you know, he's a, a big Ryan Khalil fan. He thinks he's a great player. So he was just giving him uh, a little bit of crap about that. And, uh, you know, was clearly excited to have Khalil in the building a little bit starstruck which is funny to you know to be starstruck about a 34 year old center but that that's Quinn Williams for you but then someone pivoted and asked him what he thinks of his own rating in Madden and that is where things got interesting because Quinn Williams said that uh you know he's like oh I'm an 80 and I have myself an ultimate team and you know I, I can't wait we we're off tomorrow so I'm gonna go home and play with myself later and uh obviously <laughs> when that line came out all the all the reporters kind of started losing it and looking around at each other, just wide-eyed, being like, oh, my God, did he just say that? And we're all chuckling and laughing. And that's when it dawned on Quinn and what he had just said and what he had you know, alluded to. And he tried to save it. He, he laughed himself and said, he's like, oh, God, that, that, that came out weird. Uh, and just said, he's like, you know, to reiterate, he's like, I'm playing, playing with myself in Madden, okay? Like, pump the brakes here. So uh, it was uh, a little bit of an awkward moment. But unbelievably funny. I had to turn away. You know, I'm trying to hold my recorder in the scrum, and I'm I'm standing four feet away from Quinnen, and I had to turn my back while still holding my recorder facing him because I was in tears, laughing so hard. Me and Connor Hughes, he was standing next to me. We kept making eye contact, and that made us laugh harder. And it, it was just absolutely hilarious. But a perfect example of uh, Quinnen, just kind of a sometimes a naive, innocent kid, but 
such a good natured guy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he stumbled into one there, but, uh, you know, absolutely hilarious gut buster, uh, to kind of wind down practice on a Saturday afternoon. And then, uh, so Valentine Holmes, uh, for those who may not know, is uh, an Australian rugby player that is over here with the Jets now as part of a, an NFL international initiative. Uh, they, the league assigned players to everyone in the AFC East this year. And so the Jets, you know, long story short, the odds of Valentine Holmes making this team seem pretty slim. I mean, he's never played football before. It's a huge transition, but uh, the Jets, will get an extra practice squad spot to keep him and try to develop him as a practice squad player this year if they don't put him on a 53-man roster, which is obviously hard to envision. Uh, so we were just talking a little bit about uh, the transition with Valentine Holmes and what it's been like. And, you know, him he took a few shots in practice today and the difference between taking a, a shot on the football field versus a shot on the rugby field. And uh, for what it's worth, he said, you know, in football, sometimes you just don't see the, the hits coming as much, whereas in rugby, you can kind of see it come and embrace for it a little bit better. Uh, and he he was funny. He was rattling off some things about, you know, what it's been like to adjust and learning different protections and formations and everything like that and throwing out those, you know, jargony terms. And he said, he's like, you know, by this, you know, I'm saying all these things as if I know what the hell they mean, but, you know, I'm, I still have a lot, a lot of learning to do here to, to catch up and kind of, you know, understand fully what this game entails. So, uh, that was an interesting interview, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I missed most of what Trayvon Westville said on the podium uh, because I was busy uh, kind of sifting through Douglas and Khalil's quotes, but uh, I kind of have a, a good sense of what he had to say. I talked to Trayvon Westville one-on-one earlier this week, so uh, if you're interested in kind of his thoughts and on how training camp is going so far, head over to NJ.com, Jeff. Uh, slash Jets, I should say. Uh, you know, talked to him the other day for a handful of minutes just about what his transition's been like, kind of taking on a bigger role in the passing game as a tight end. That's not something he did a lot of in college. I think he had all of 28 catches in his college career. He was mostly a blocking specialist and uh, a fullback a lot of the time as well. But the Jets obviously are expanding his role a bit, hoping for him to do a bit more on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, you know, Wesco shared his thoughts with me on that and uh, a couple other things as well. So uh, if you want to read more about him, head over to nj.com slash Jets. Might have to scroll back a couple days. That story posted earlier in the week, but uh, him and his thoughts are available right there. Make sure you head over to nj.com right now and read Matt's terrific work. And while you're there, you can take a look at that Quinn and Williams clip, which is 100% worth it. It is hilarious. And the big giant grin on his face as he realizes what he just said makes it even better. I think he's going to get teased by the rest of the players on the team. And that's cool because Quinn and Williams is a giant kid. Like you said, Matt, he's like the kid that got sent to fantasy camp. I think what I said to my friend, the Twitter legend, Paul, Brzee's earlier today is Quinn Williams is like the kid who goes to Six Flags on the All Access Pass and he can ride any ride in the park that he wants all day the entire day and he's just having a complete blast. It's infectious. I love it and I can't wait to hear more about it throughout the rest of training camp and you will hear plenty from Matt as well because he will be writing every single day over at NJ.com about what's been transpiring at camp. Matt, for anybody that doesn't know, why don't you let them know how they can follow you on social media and what you've got up right now and what you've got coming down the pike over at NJ.com. Yeah, absolutely. So head over to uh, NJ.com slash Jets. That's where you can obviously get all of our uh, stories there. And 
If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is M underscore Stipulkowski. That's S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have plenty of stuff over the next few days here as we get uh, rolling into the preseason slate. A bunch of, uh, you know, kind of look backs at the first half of training camp because training camp is 18 practices long and we're nine practices through. So, obviously, things are going to get spread out a bit more now that the games are, are coming up. But uh, we are halfway through the practice slate. So, uh, over the rest of the weekend here, I'll have some looks back at uh, practice and who's helped themselves, who's hurt themselves, stuff like that. Uh, and then over the coming days, we'll have some looks ahead about uh, what we've learned, what we still need to learn, and you know some of the players that need to shine in these preseason games and uh, some other stuff about the Giants game moving forward. So uh, just stay tuned to those two spots and uh, plenty more Jets content to come, obviously, throughout the, uh, the rest of the month and the rest of the season as well. Go ahead and follow Matt on Twitter. Read his work over at nj.com slash Jets. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.